this way can drink with the boys Pull out some weed and get high Do smoking on the bong while Scotty's talking Way too long, got time to smoke one more Taking the message to the people now Keep smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down Alright, DGC up ready for some grow talk scotty Got are you ready cut. are you ready with that hair dude that's <laughs> <laughs> when you just wake up and go you know what i'm saying got a little going still <laughs> i realized i i realized i did that today i actually went over to way to grow to deliver an order and uh when i got back in in the truck i realized that I probably shouldn't have gone in public like that yes go figure the guys i'm out bike with they dig it uh, the wife she's still giving it a little bit of the shit look every once in a while all right i bet I bet, sir. I think you've got a couple comments on it. <laughs> Let's get into the show, guys. This is a Grow Talk show. It's been just a minute. If there's any technical difficulties, blame Warehouse Kyle, all right? What do you mean? Hang on. Warehouse <laughs> Kyle is stepping in and making the shows happen. Amigo, so much respect. Thank you so much. First off, for taking the ambition, being a warehouse guy and learning this stuff. This is not easy. And uh, second of all, stepping up today. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, no problem, man. Hopefully I got it all figured out. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> no, Guru is it's uh, not fired, but out sick. Out sick, maybe maybe getting one of those tests. I don't know, but uh, you we'll can't be fire up. somebody because they test positive, dude. Okay, this is 2020, <laughs> all right? <laughs> fired, stay away. Yeah. Hope you guys in the loop. We'll miss Guru on the show today with some of his... Um, and then I, says something really smart. I told I told him I was going to bring him a microphone and leave it out by his front door, make him work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Warehouse Kyle called him a couple days ago. Come on, what's your line, dude? Uh, um, fuck, I forget. You're gonna have to remind me. <laughs> it's like it was like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We called him up, and he was like, <laughs> "Hello." <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> It all right, today's awesome. show, let me give a preview. Grow Talk, Scotty, not, not sickness here. Uh, all the grower questions are on dudegrows.com. Go over there and check them out. Get your questions up. Anybody can go over there and log on in, put up some Grow Talk. We've got Purple Kush, not so purple, by Green Guy, Michigan. Caught gnats early. Now what? By Suede Boggs. Hang on. Just time out. That's awesome, right? Suede Boggs. <laughs> you know, you got to be, I guess, my age to remember Wade Boggs. but I remember. All man, first. right there. Oh man! I need to finish my plants. Harvest quick by Risworth, and setting up a perpetual grow. Noob Q by Ella Manua. Manua? 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 I love it. I knew you. There's no way. It took me a minute. Element of P. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Now you can see it so blatantly in front of me after you lay it out like that. It took me a minute, sir. Nice, nice. All right, before we get into it, man, join the DGC, dogrows.com forward slash support. Take it over to Patreon. We have a lot in the works, guys. We're wanting to keep this synergy going with the people producing this show. Um, Do not tell Bruce Banner you use the word synergy. It's his least favorite word. <laughs> It'll make him get up and leave a meeting, sir. We have what we have been doing, free seeds for new members coming on board. Thanks to Seeds Here Now. 30% uh, off Real Growers Recharge. Every month we've been kicking out a badass giveaway. This month it is a Pulse Grow. Grower hookup, Pulse Grow Monitor, guys. Want to monitor grow your time, your investment, your money in the grow. This thing tells you when anything's going wrong. Maybe not if somebody's like taking your plants down, but it will tell your environment. What's up? No, I'm just, just thinking, sir. Just thinking. But new, How much new I could have used one of those. I shouldn't verbalize it because I'm still mad at myself. But if I would have used one of those, I would have known the heater went out and I would have gotten my boots on and gone outside. Uh, to enter that, by the way, if you are supporting the show, just go over to Patreon, be logged in, and comment on the post called Pulse Grower Hookup. Um, and new things in the pipeline. Scotty's almost got this other half of the bakery done over there. You're getting a new area, a new hang area, a new, a new set. Uh, uh, right? Yeah, it makes me feel cool to say it's a new set. Okay. Yes, as well as we got pretty soon, stay tuned, the free kit, man, the DGC, I'm going to call it the DGC goodie bag, man. We're going to be sending out some stickers, some high-functioning stoner cards to all y'all supporting the show, just to give back a little there. So check it all out, dogrows.com 
forward slash support will hook you up. And soon enough, we got merch coming, guys. We got more. Actually, I talked to Paul over at Karma Dog doing our merch. He's printing up some more shirts, Scotty. The holidays are coming. He wants to have a bunch of sizes in stock. And our hats have almost landed at his facility. All almost. right. What are they going by? Mule? <laughs> Jesus, man. So we'll have that, guys. I don't want you to go over there just yet, but uh, we'll be telling you where the hats and shirts here are available shortly. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, just so you know, we have meetings all the time about things we can do, just other benefits for the patrons, and we're constantly working on new content. And yeah, the sticker pack or the what'd you call it? The DGC the what? The DGC pack? goodie bag. Goodie bag, all that stuff is saying thank you so much, patrons. You know, we dig what you're you know, thank we dig the support and we're trying to do whatever we can to give back. I'm more of a content guy myself. I got shit. And the to more say. content is coming, yes. That is the meetings that are currently going on. Some patron-only content, uh, maybe an actually whole nother type of show thing. But uh, regardless, we couldn't have this vibe without you guys. So much appreciated. I would not want to be relying on a bunch of bunch of just advertising dollars having to come out always out my mouth. So right on. And ready, Scotty? We've got to get to the show. I'm ready, sir. These are good questions. Dude builds the grow talk and good stuff today. Good conversation points, mi amigo. Yes, we got who's growing some dank first. I need to toke on some dank here shortly. Catch up with your ass. Yeah, I'm uh, ready. I'm ready to smoke this today. I was running around. I, you know how sometimes you run around and it's like 11 o'clock and you've done like your third errand and you go, man, I haven't even smoked weed yet today. Yes, hmm. I do. I do. <laughs> Usually uh, you can tell. Let me give this dank nug up here. We got, uh, who's this in from? Green Guy, Michigan. Purple Kush, not so purple. Hey, DDC crew, this one started out as a clone that was gifted to me as a purple kush. I've never gotten it to turn purple for me, but nevertheless, she's still beautiful. She's right, frosty. Wait, wait, we got to stop there. So yeah, yeah, was, what's up? It was gifted to him as purple kush. So that to me is a buddy being like, yo, I can get you some purple kush cuts, or I got this sunset sherbet and this tange, and this one's purple kush, and I'm sure none of them got mixed up. And, you know, so you got to take away the grain of salt when somebody gives you a clone. But, and also, I bet you that there's, if you do however many purple kush that you, that you uh, pop, I bet you there's phenos that aren't purple. Yeah. Yeah, and there's environmental conditions as well that can bring this out sometimes. Some plants, some strains that have the purple just do it regardless. Other ones do need that cool going into primetime flowering, daytime, nighttime differential on the temps. Hey, dude, but, just, I mean, just because you're good at that. What, what is your technique on that? Because you're good at getting plants to turn purple indoors. No, I wouldn't say necessarily indoors. My last grow of 10 years in Colorado was built insulated rooms, but they were in a, a garage. So, I mean, that garage, especially the couple harvests you get during winter, way easier to do it. Granted, I had a mini split, oversized mini split, which I could say, I will say I'll make it snow, but I could bring the temps Way down. I mean, upper 50s almost when I was cranking that thing. And I so was jealous of the of the colors you would get. I'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? So, well, yeah, and then if you're climate-controlled, sealed room, it's possible, but a lot of people don't have the funds or they're just, you know, they're in a tent in their bedroom where you're, you're not going to make your bedroom that cold because then you're going to be cold or whatever. There's, there's limiting uh, factors there. But flower looks great. Let me go on. She's frosty, stinky, and definitely produces some dank nugs. Grown in seven gallons of living soil under 60 watts per square foot of single-ended 1,000-watt HPS in a sealed room with all the fixings, nothing but water and recharge. Yeah, Happy look, Monday. At, look, look at how much nutrient is in those leaves. I mean, that's the perfect burn. And he's telling me it's from no-till no organic. That's awesome. Dude, yeah, and the flowers are super frosty. And his lighting, we were talking about this earlier. So he's reading his watts per square foot. Well, um, Guru's not here, so I feel obliged to say that you can't judge anything from watts. Watts is the amount of power consumption that it's pulling from the wall, like how big of an electrical bill you're going to get. That has nothing to do with how much light it's going to make. Dude, I got a 1,500-watt heat lamp in my bathroom. It uses 1,500 watts, but it makes fucking a tiny bit of light. Well, the perfect example of that is with LEDs, right? I, I say, you know, in the range, 550 to 600 watts of quality LED, that's going to replace 1,000 watts of HID. Yeah. So that's a good example. It's not, exactly. It's not the watts. It's the ones pulling half as much power from the wall, but it's taking that power and using it to make twice as much light. 
It's using, it's being twice as efficient with the power from the wall. So and that's that whole U moles per joule, that kind of thing. That's when you look for that number. It's like, like U per, I think it looks like an M. I, I can't yeah. remember, but ask U moles per joule, a real light company will tell you and you judge it by, I want to say an HPS is right around 1.2 U moles per joule. So, and I think the world, you know, like the most efficient is right around three U-moles per joule. Like that's like cutting edge right now. But think about it. If you can get one that's 2.4 U-moles per joule, you got half as half double the light with half the power. So that's your 500 watt light outperforming a thousand. Sure. Do you want? Should we talk about photosynthetic photon flux density or no? It was snowing earlier. Come on, <laughs> we're sitting there bullshitting about it. And dude, I, I repeat myself a lot. But that PPFD, that's the amount of light droplets. Light is actually droplets, the amount of droplets. And that's how many, how much light droplets it makes. That's directly related to the U-moles per joule. I can tell you, because of course, you know, a little Googling. But yeah, PPFD, it measures the amount of PAR that actually arrives at the plant. But it's the photons. It's the PAR is, is there because raindrops is raining on the plant. So just like... I was in Costa Rica and I've never seen it rain so much. Like it rained within 10 seconds. People looked like they were just out of a swimming pool. <laughs> you know, think about that as the most efficient light. You know, then there's a little sprinkling of light you can get. You can get giant raindrops, but just a few of them. Don't get me started, man. No, I think we got it. I think we got it. There's the, there's the nutshell on how to, yeah, you don't really, although for my very basic mind for lighting, I would always ask people, so what, what's your grow space? It used to be before LED was coming along, hey, 1,000 watts is going to do a 4x4 four four area, roughly, maybe a little bigger, and then you scale up from there. But then yeah. when you get into grow... But, you, but you, don't, you don't need any real math for it. If 1,000 watts does a 4x4 four four area, and we know 1,000 watts is 1.2 whatever joules or efficiency, if you're selling an LED light that's anything above 2.4, then you know that you can sell a 500, somewhere around a 500 watt light. Basically, you can cut that in half because you're doubling the efficiency. So it's not that hard of a thing to understand, I don't think. Thank you, Green Guy Michigan, for chiming in with a dank nug there. Good conversation. Excellent, uh, man. Good stuff. Take it over to Suede Boggs, man. Yeah. I got to get inside his head, sir. What is that uh, baseball movie with Charlie Sheen? <laughs> that was before I got my, I got my car, Major League. Man. Major League, that's called. Major League, sir. I can tell you're looking forward to that J before the show today. I was, man. I was. I was talking to somebody about rolling a J, and they're like, well, how long does it take to smoke a joint? I'm like, I don't know. Could take four minutes. Could take 40, sir. All right. This is caught Nats early. Now what? Now what? Big thanks to the DGC for all the knowledge and helping me get this far. First time indoor grower in soil, congrats. Yeah. Recently saw a few fungus gnats. Most typical pest you're probably gonna see first off, hopefully not, you know, nothing else more gnarlier. So I hit them with a pyganic spray I made of one ounce per gallon. So they usually don't water till runoff. And of course they showed up when I flush before the flip and my soil is more moist for a longer time than normal. I got it, so he waters a flush before he flips to bloom. So he's right. got really wet soil. Um, Pyganic says it's not for indoor use. So while it's been effective so far, I'd rather use a product like Natural that I wouldn't have to spray and could just add in my, in my water day. Um, would using both be counterproductive or redundant? If I were to use only one as a preventative during flower, which one would you guys recommend? Any help? Much appreciated. He's in a two by four tent, 80 Fahrenheit, 40 to 50 relative humidity, Scotty. Well, I'm saying with the Pyganic, it says you can't or you shouldn't use it indoors. No, I'm just, um, with you. I'm just kidding. Hey, follow those recommendations, by the way. Uh, we were actually uh, looking at different, uh, they've got pyrethrins and then they've got pyrethroids. Uh, this uh, Pyganic is a pyrethrin. It's a naturally occurring uh, it's like made from chrysanthemum or the flowers or the pistols or something like that. It's a naturally occurring pesticide. They have all different variations. Leave it to the chemists where they kick this up a notch. And they've got, I want to say, even some of the classifications are like bifenthrin is one. Um, yeah, anyway, these things are way more powerful. Hundreds, thousand times more powerful than just uh, pyrethrin. So just be careful with it. 
Um, and I don't like, I did a little searching around, there's scholarly articles and white papers, Scotty, but just my guts and my microbes, as I say, are telling me, I mean, he's doing a top spray, I believe, but I don't want pyganic or pyrethrum uh, or pyrethroid, I think it might be another variation of that well, word, in my soil. I think I might have something negative going on with my rhizosphere. If I'm, I remember, and another thing is when dealing with root aphids, one of the tips some growers were giving others is, hey, do a heavy drench knockdown, soil right. drench of pyganic. And I, after you did that, the plants never looked, I mean, they'd come back around, but they definitely got a little pissed off sure. about that. Do you need a soil drench though? And Soup had some great comments over in Growers Love. He's got a really good article about this. But do you really need to soil drench with a poison? You know, uh, pyrethrins are a poison. You're going to, you know, you're trying to kill them. As opposed to, I'm thinking the nematodes or the nematodes are much more a BTI as those mosquito dunks. That's like bacillus. That's a bacteria that you know, slowly kills them. I don't say slowly, but it infects them and kills them. Uh, as opposed to just something like the pyrethrin, it's an on contact. If it doesn't contact them, then it doesn't kill them. And I don't know, I've never seen any, or I've never soaked a whole seven gallon or 10 gallon to run off with just a poison. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you did that in this move, but I agree with you that we got to, we cover this a bit. Let's hit it real quick though. Mechanical, if I will, mechanical tips, sticky traps and must, sticky traps at soil level. Let you know what's going on in your grow, even if you don't have fungus gnats, maybe you catch something else, hopefully nothing too good. Right. Is mechanical, um, would you count uh, keeping the top of the soil dry and maybe putting a layer of perlite or a layer of lava rock on there? So it makes a physical layer between the, the wet soil and the, uh, and the top of, you know, where the fungus gnats can get to, the air. And then also that being said, if you just, I would use drippers. So I would only have a little point of contact on the top of the soil. The soil wouldn't be soaking wet. It would kind of wick up from the middle. Uh, so I usually didn't have a problem with fungus gnats. And and that's not my grow style, but those are, I appreciate your tips. I like to see the, the, the color of my cocoa or cocoa peat or soil mix change. So I usually don't put anything on top of it. I can tell visually if I'm in a quick rush, open the window on the tent, ah, oh, those look like they're getting kind of dry yep. without even doing any of the lift tests. But you, uh, don't overwater, of course. Let your soil dry out. And nematodes, man, when nematodes are viable, they have kicked ass. Yep. You can get, order them on a sponge. Um, you can get them off Amazon. Uh, Ar Arbico Organics has been a pretty good uh, site I've ordered from. Yep. But Say it again, though, when they're viable. When you go to the grocery store and they're like, yeah, we got some, and they're fucking six weeks old or whatever, I've gotten dissed on them. And then have, do some Googling. Find out the best practice for, for launching those things. <laughs> launching them, eh? They should come on that, that you sponge, can fuck right? Those. Yeah, and you can fuck it up. You can definitely fuck good, them up. Good point. You do have a little, little sponge of microorganisms there, so... All right, check it out. Soup had the good comments. Uh, there's a link in here dealing with fungus gnats. And out of the whole hierarchy of pests, this would be at least the, the most, I don't want to say most welcomed one, but well, it's going to do the least damage. Yeah, they do really the young damage. seedlings that can fuck them up. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. They do the least damage. They only just bring, you know how we talk about like viruses and all that crap that doesn't kill your plant, just your plant's a wimp for the rest of the grow. You're like, what the fuck's the matter with this thing? That's what they end up bringing. They're vectors for it, dude. Yes, or get other plants, which I, it's almost died, but I had this plant called a Mexican, I think it was called a Mexican butterwort. And it kind of looks like, I don't know what exactly, but it, it's slightly sticky. It's a carnivorous plant. And it would, when the fungus gnats land on it, right. like it loves it, man. It just like the enzymes digest it. And then I guess it soaks in through the leaves. Pretty cool, these carnivorous plants. They are. So they, the people used to be obsessed with them back a long time ago because they were just like, no way. There's no way a plant eats an animal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just, that, that can't work. That's pretty cool. All right. Let's get into a good comment here. A good comment here. And thanks, Suede Vogs. Yes. Hope your gnats are gone. I'm using this as, as magic microbes, too, right here. Okay, this one's dual purpose. Perfect. This is from G-Man 2000. Can a few cups of soil from my backyard give me the beneficial microorganisms and all the good stuff you talk about, like, and mix it into some fox form or top dress it? Add some worm castings and maybe it would really work? Hmm, maybe. Could be. <laughs> if you had amazing fertile soil in your backyard, yeah. Um, the microbes adapt to their environment, so... Where I'm at, it's super clay, you know, it's rocky and whatnot. So 
I don't have, uh, uh, anyway, I have specific microbes that work in this environment. I don't have the same microbes that would work on cocoa, peat in a super airy soil, something that's getting a lot of nutrition really frequently. There are so many different types of microbes. I wanna say they say like 80% of them, maybe it's even higher, haven't been discovered yet. So it's, it's, uh, I don't, it's a new science. All, so I can, all I can tell you is when we take, when, when you're either brewing earthworm teas or when you're making a microbial inoculant like Recharge, you go and you find the most, they call them virulent, but the most aggressive uh, microbes you can for their category. And then you put them and when you're designing it, you design it for a super aerated, very nutrient rich, uh, very pH controlled and temperature controlled environment. And diff you know, I do have different ones that act at different microbes that act at different pH ranges and different nutrient concentrations. And that's really by design. So I don't think you'll, you'll get that through just your backyard soil. If you lived where there was some amazing soil, I would say, yeah, you could definitely brew teas and whatnot with great, amazing soil, you know, borderline compost. But yeah, you get you're just doing a crapshoot there. Worm casting, so you said for sure, definitely add some worm castings. Oh yeah, but and, worm uh, castings have specific bacteria in their guts, and when it passes through there, it is getting inoculated with just like the worm is a specific genus and species, the bacteria in their gut is a specific genus, genus and species, and it's one that's selected. They're not selected. It just so happens through hundreds of millions of years of evolution to actually make great fertilizer. Some symbiosis, pretty cool I stuff. I mean, symbiosis, synergy. It, well, it's, just a, using... it's just a What's trip, up? man. It's just a trip when you think about it that they've had hundreds of millions of years to adapt. So like, oh, the ones that made this shittier fertilizer didn't make it. And the ones that made, you know, had the best, strongest microbes made it. And then it's just crazy to think about how, how strong it is, how strong evolution is with all that time behind it. Now I can't see any of it, damn it. Wish I had the eyes. Like you could just, I've seen it off in the future where like you can just blink or something and then you can see, I don't know, how much time, magnification do you need to see a microbe? Uh, what is it? A microbe is a thousandth of a millimeter is what they describe it as. So you need a lot. You <laughs> need some good magnification. I know oh, yeah. they really get to see it. Once they invented electron microscopes in the 1930s, that's when they were like, holy shit. Because you can only go so far with a lens. Yeah, isn't there a saying with how many microbes are in a teaspoon of soil? Yeah, everybody guess at it, but it's billions. Uh, oh, yeah, it's right here. A teaspoon, a single one gram of rich garden soil can hold up to one billion several about bacteria, several yards of fungal ele or filaments, and mm -hmm. several thousand protozoa. Damn. It's cool, man. It's really interesting stuff. Um, well, I'll take it over to, uh, if you do want to do something good and not just get some soil out of your yard, pick up some recharge, man, diversify your microbes. There recharge real coupon code dude will hook you up. Yeah. Your Canadian grower up here up in the great white North is my Southern, whatever, trying to make fun friends say, Hey, I was the great white North dude. <laughs> take off. Re RechargeCanada.ca will hook you up. Hey, do people still watch Strange Brew? That was pretty much like a classic, right? I'm sure they do. I, that's my video recommendation for the weekend, especially if it's <laughs> snowing around you or you're drinking beer. Oh, I'm in the, uh, like I said, I'm in the golden, what do they call it? The Sunshine Coast. I'm like probably, I guess, in the warmest part of Canada you can be in right now. I don't think I would be too happy if I was in the interior in uh, like Winnipeg. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, that seems rough. Just thought, well, that's really cold. Every now and again, I'll check a YouTube video and I'll have people in Russia and they're just wearing full like fur hats and stuff just to kind of stay alive. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Take up tobogganing though. I can get more tobogganing done. You can't steer with tobogganing. Fuck that sport. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go into, uh, oh, need another question. Grow talk question on foodgrows.com. Need to finish my plants harvest quick by wrist worth. I don't like quick and plants, sir, okay? You can't rush them. Hi, everyone. I need a few suggestions. So I have a predicament to where I need to harvest my plants as soon as possible. I just realized today that my plant was covered in mold. Wait, you just realized today? 
He thought it was crystals, okay? Those are crystals, man. All right, it says, just the leaves, though. I took off every infected leaf and searched through the buds. I would like to know if there's any way for me to mature my plant faster within a few days. I'd love some help. Thanks, DGC. Also, just in case, it's an autoflower, FYI. Oh, this is this is my simple no, I don't think so face. Unless unless you guys know some trick. Uh-uh. Um, yeah, I'm worried about using uh, using the like that flower. I'm wondering if, they, if if all of his leaves were covered. There's definitely sure mildew spores. I don't know how harmful if you have powdery mildew on your flower. Right? I'm not down. You if can't you smoke. Some... You can't smoke fungus and spores. And by the way, on YouTube, uh, uh, Dude Grows Facebook page, uh, Chris Trump's shared it was spores blowing in the wind. And you could just see fucking this, how small they are and the wind just taking them. I mean, it's like good luck trying to contain those. Oh, what about Chad Westport's option? It says, if you have a UVB flashlight slash black light during lights out, shine it on the plant, and any PM or bug feces will glow bright neon green. It's I actually have one of those, man. I just brought it home from my Costa Rican hotel room. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that those ones that, like you can use to check money or licenses <laughs> with, too? Like that little UV light? Could be. Could be. Yeah, I would not turn that thing on. Any, <laughs> all good. But what is it? The What's, UVC is what they talk about. They'll actually use it to kill stuff, but UVC is the one that can really hurt you. I know it can destroy uh, molds and whatnot, but I don't think it's the most efficient thing to do here. I would really look at bubbling this stuff and making a bunch of edibles out of it. Uh, I would feel a lot better. I mean, don't take this as a medical advice, but I would feel a lot better if there was any kind of weird residue of uh, letting my digestive system process it and then smoking it. When you smoke shit, man, going right into your, uh, into your bloodstream. Well, you can, I have not looked at this yet. In the comments, um, we do have a suggestion here from SC Dungslinger, 79. <laughs> what do you mean? I listen to Dungslinger, all right? It says, you can't really rush anything depending on where you are at in flower um, cycle. You can start your harvest flush and just harvest early you probably want to consider pre-drying wash. So before he dries this, to do a wash and use the Jorge Cervantes and Rasta Jeff method. Oh, look at this. Rasta Jeff and Jorge Cervantes hanging out together washing butt. I wonder if you need to have, you know, like long hair, just big hair to hang out with those guys. I went over and I just watched the beginning of uh, just Google Jorge Cervantes bud washing. And a few years ago, he put, it's like a seven minute video. He's sitting there with the flower completely submerged like in a bucket and rinsing it around with a hydrogen peroxide solution to kill mold and spores. I'm not anti-checking that out. I mean, then you're going to have flour that as long as you get it in a good place to dry, don't let it sit somewhere it can be damp at all. I mean, you just completely submerge that thing. Um, right. That'd be a good way to have smokable the, flour. The idea with hydrogen peroxide is it it turns into water. It's a, I don't know. It's a interesting idea. What did you say? Use 3%, which is what you buy at the store? Um, no, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't get into the percentages. I don't give any specific percentages. you got to figure that out on your own. Otherwise, right. <laughs> people sometimes, unless you absolutely know, can get angry at You're being recorded, Scotty. Hydrogen peroxide is dangerous as fuck, man. 35% hydrogen peroxide will burn the shit out of you. Thanks for all the comments there. I see Dungslinger, Sunny and Bechtopia, Wristworth making the post here, Chad Westport, and uh, yeah. Appreciate the community, guys. Let us know what you do there. I would definitely try and wash some of it at least, man, if you're not. Or, yeah, I want, now I want to get one of those UV thing light things and walk around with it. You don't, bro. You don't. <laughs> All right. Where are we at here? Grow hacks, man. Grow hacks. Nice. Yeah, check this out. This was pretty cool. People's ingenuity never ceases to amaze me. Um, yes, this is another following uh, Trash Can Dank. If you haven't saw that post yet, Google trash, trash Can Dank on our site. Or just use a search bar. It's another tip I usually give. Don't forget, we have a fabulous search bar in the top right of our site. This is uh, Micro Grows on the Cheap by Stratty Balls. Stratty Balls, huh? <laughs> hey, DGC. Been a patron for a short time and love your content. Thank you for supporting the show. So the shows always bring that squinty-eyed stoner smile to my face. Right Me on. too. Me too. This is my first post here, so I thought I'd start with my micro-grows that are preparing for the chop. 
Both plants are Cindy 99 by Blim Burn. The prettier plant was grown in a two by two by four garment moving box, about $17 at Home Depot. And the smaller plant was grown in a 19 inch tall Sterilite tote. Both cost less than 50 each put together and use a small 35 watt, 3,500 Kelvin LED board. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Thanks to the DGC for all you do. I think it's cool as shit. <laughs> I can't believe, I'm just so impressed that people can grow in such a small space. We were talking about just even a two by four tent, trying to keep that thing under control. But damn, this is cool. This is awesome. Now, what do you think about, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, don't feel that you shouldn't get into growing because you don't have the sealed environment and the pulse grow monitor and all this good gear. We definitely like to, to tell people to use because pulling off a few grows is going to help develop your green thumb. You're going to become a better grower. You're going to learn how to work with the plant. And he looks like you got a decent, you know, that's smokable harvest there. It'll save you some money down the street. Um, and what's up with all the ice cubes, Scotty? See all the ice cubes on the bags on the third one? Some people would do this as a uh, grow hack towards the end of flower to bring on different colors. Or right. they'd say, oh, it shocks the plant into saying, oh, it's winter. Like, we got to, you know, push a little more. I'm kind of interested. This is where I would like Guru to chime in. You know um, what? <clears throat> I've seen this over at the Nursery Growers and Landscape Association meetings. They've got all these giant plants. It's probably not for the exact same purpose, but they've got all these giant plants that are indoors and stressed, but they need water. So they would just dump tons of ice on there and it'd just be this slow release drip of water. It was fucking cool. It was ingenious. Interesting. I think that's got to signal something to the plant. I know when you water in a plant with really cold water, like off of a well or whatever, they can, it can shock them. It can mess with them for sure. It can make them droop a little and get pissed off about that. Dude, plants are reactive. We're just not patient enough and staring at them enough to see it, but they're reactive. I mean, they get thirsty and they close their leaves. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to show, but I don't know. I think they would definitely show it. Oh, here are the comments. The comments says, uh, Grow 47 says, just curious, what's with the ice in the pots? Is it a method that I haven't heard about yet? And Stratty Balls says it goes hand in hand with a 48 hours dark. It's supposed to stimulate frost and shock the plant into producing more THC and finish ripening. Does it work? Who knows? But it doesn't, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt anything, so I figure why not? I like that. That's right. how I roll too. And think about it, if it's getting really cold, I understand the logic behind a lot of this. I don't know if it's right or not. I don't know if plants are logical or not, but I dig. Uh, Sturdy Balls, just about the author, to encourage you folks to fill out about the author, says craft grower, craft grower from the Mitten State, which is Michigan. Look uh, at you. Two, two years in and love learning new things every day. Patient, advocate, cannabis has changed my life, and that's, that's love I want to spread to the world. All yes. right. Badass. Nice micro grow there. So what do we got here? Another question, grower question off dudegrows.com. Setting up a perpetual grow by Noob Q. No, wait. Noob Q by Element and L-M-N-N-O-U-P. Uh-oh. Is that oh, there is a P in there? Nah, sorry, man. The P comes later, bro. All right, let's I kind of got it. All right, I tried. Elemento-P. All right, this is, hey guys, I'm finishing up my second grow and I'm wanting to set up a perpetual grow. By definition, guys, perpetual grow, you usually have plants in all life cycles. You're harvesting some, some are coming over from uh, your veg, going right into bloom and you keep going, chugging along. Yeah, the idea is to have a nice flowering room and to keep it filled all the time with decent sized plants so you can just, you don't have to change it, it's just flip. They go right into the flowering room and you know, 60, 75 days later, you harvest and you come back again, and it's a pretty profitable system. But I think kind of another definition of that, which I don't like as much, is when somebody's trying to harvest like a plant every two weeks. You kind of got, you know, plants in the bloom room in different phases of bloom. Yeah, I don't um, know. If you're doing that on the small scale, you know, not, not commercially and professionally or whatever, I'll bet you could do that. It's kind of cool. If you're just growing for yourself, onesies or twosies, always got something drying. Kind of be fun. Totally possible, but the only reason I don't is because typically the environmental conditions I'm giving my plants at the end of bloom don't match what I want at the beginning of bloom or even the mid of bloom. So to have plants in different life cycles like that. But right. let's get on with this question here. 
says, I will have two two by four tents, lights, ventilation, etc. Mostly I'm wondering about the timing, uh, the timing to begin with. My first two grows have been Cali Mist, which is a wicked long flower time. I think that makes you meet that this is Canadian. Is wicked? Do you feel more of a Canadian Boston. or American? Boston. Boston. For me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I'm, I'm thinking deadly. It's deadly up north. Yeah. This was some wicked strong weed, brother. Deadly. All right. But this time <laughs> I will be growing Durban poison uh, with gelato on deck and hopefully back to Cali. Can you walk me through a plant, veg, flower sequence and timing? Yeah, hey, hang on. We got a shout out to Durban Poison, first of all. Dude, <laughs> Warehouse Kyle. Man, that was, uh, that was delicious house weed, man. Was it not? Yeah, it was pretty good, man. It definitely lasted a while, and it, it was good smoke all the way through. It's still lasting. I got to tell you, when it was down to the last couple nugs, man, I, I shoved it in a jar, took it in my secret smoke spot, you know. I still, it's got flavor, man. It's got real flavor to it. Good, good. <laughs> What's house smoke? That's like your house blend? What do you mean? Yeah, you know, you got coffee for the crew. You got to have some some cannabis. I mean, what do you think? We got squares here. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's let's handle this. The uh, the perpetual grow two two by four tents. He's got to go seedling, veg, flower. Uh, what do you suggest? Hey, okay, so hang on. For me, it matters if you're doing seedlings or if you're doing clones. If you're doing clones, you can either keep a mother, which I don't think you got space for, uh, or very easily right before you go to flower, you take that, you know, you have one tenth its veg, one tenth its flower. Uh, right before you go to flower, you'd cut a clone or a couple clones and put them in the cloning chamber. Um, I think if you did that, say that just for argument's sake, you had an eight week flowering plant. You got eight, you know, you took your clones, say, you know, they don't have, you know, whatever. You got two weeks in the cloning chamber. You can probably keep them going in there. And I would just step them up. I'd put them in one gallons and I'd put them in three gallons. You don't have to have too aggressive of light. You can trim them down <clears throat> and make them uh, uh, bushier if you want. I but find three gallons would be a pretty good size for two by four tenths in my experience so far. But don't let me stop you. Some people like two ten gallons, man. It depends on how you're going to do it. I like um, what Scotty you're saying. Mentioned. The five-gallon hempy buckets are really easy to do. But then just to move them over, and you got, what, six weeks in veg after your clone dome then? That's not that crazy, you know, to, uh, you know, to have those kind of cycles. So basically, you just clone every time that you put them in flowering, or you pop your seeds then. And the only th there are a few tips with this. If you're going to clone right before you go into flowering, I sometimes like to take clones from the top of the plant. Depends on what plant structure I have to work with. Right. Uh, sometimes it's necessary. It's the only place I can get the clones I need. So if I'm topping the plant, I'm going to wait at least like a week before, if it's everything's chugging along good, before I go sure. put it right into flower. Uh, I mean, the, the clones we talked about it with Jaron have the highest percentage or uh, amount of auxins in there, which is what's going to want make it root. But sometimes those big giant clones take a lot to, I guess if you're only doing one but they take a lot to sustain them. There's a lot of water in them that just got cut off. So I like taking little side clones. I get those things to root really good, and that don't hurt going to the flowering that next minute, you know, the next hour. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, if you do go, you gotta, be, you gotta be good with cloning. Like if you do take your clones and then boom, that plants into the bloom room, <laughs> yeah. you, you, wanna, you wanna make sure that your plants, your clones are going to take, like take more than you need or that you got your game down because if you don't yeah. wait, then that plant, if it goes, oh shit, these aren't rooting, then that plant's already 10 days, two weeks in a bloom, it's starting to transition and change. Um, yep. So you got to be good at cloning or wait till you see some roots coming, then put that plant in the bloom. I bet you I can explain cloning best practices in one minute or less. Sure. Clean razor blade, clean it with alcohol right before you use it. Uh, get some cloning gel. Uh, you can, if you want to really hedge your bats, cut it once and then cut it under some water. Yeah, cut the cut the cut it uh, again. Really sharp cut on a 45 degree angle, so it maximizes the amount of surface to root. And uh, yeah, like I said, Olivia's cloning solution or some kind of a simple cloning gel. I like to soak the cubes in. Uh, I will hit them with recharge either immediately or day two, day three, but I do like to soak actually the cubes in something, recharge to uh, keep pathogens from starting. And that's about my best practice. Oh, really good clone dome. Light's got to be on top enough to make uh, mist on there. And you get one with the little openings on it. Thanks for the comments, Chad Westport. We got a good recommendation from uh, Verde Greasy. It says check out Roster Jeff Growers Love, episode number 73. 
scheduling a perpetual grow. Um, and Wait, Rasta Jeff is the Grow From Your Heart podcast, sir. Oh, what did I say? Growers love. You're confusing soup and Rasta Jeff, and they have completely whoa, different whoa. hair. Uh, by the That's... way, shout out to Rasta Jeff. He has completely upgraded his look, man, his studio. Uh, it looks great. That, that, that uh, podcast, or I guess it's a YouTube show, it looks great. Respect, brother. Right on. Um, I, oh, you said in a minute or less there, huh? A minute I did or it. Less. Come on. You know, talking for like a minute, two minutes straight, that's a long fucking time, all right? Isn't that the idea, just to tease for the, the patrons, our new show? It's like uh, Grote Talk questions and as many as you can do in like a minute or less and switch or something with a buzzer. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I had seven <laughs> minutes in grower heaven I presented. You know, it was when they <laughs> hang out with a grower, talk to them, get all their best tips in seven minutes. Oh, that's pretty good. I like the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what's going on. What's playing over on YouTube? We got a clip over there. Soil mixing tips for auto flowering cannabis strains. We're still clipping some uh, parts of shows that we thought should be put out for you right. guys to check out, just in case you're not checking out every single minute of Dude Grow Show or Grow Talk, uh, as well as uh, the pros list. DudeGrows.com forward slash pros. Go over there. This is where you go and vote with your dollars. Coupon codes are listed out uh, today. I'm going to feature Rapid LED because I've just fired these babies back up for this only the second uh, grow in this 2x4 tent, the Core 85 LED bar. Guys, these bars are very, not even, I think, two inches thick, four foot long. They fit perfectly in a 2x4 tent, super low profile. That's awesome. Uh, I do love that whole low profile aspect of we use the uh, these tube lights or we've used them before, and it's fucking great. You can put them right up against the plant. Um, yeah, they go really close to the plant. They pigtail together. Uh, you can get two different color temperatures, 3000 K for flower full cycle or 4000 K for full cycle veg rooting. So I said, if you're going to go with one rating, you go with 4,000. Interesting. All right. That's where guru comes into play. That's where I'm like, yo, what should I buy? All right. <laughs> RapidLED.com guys, coupon code dude across their site. They also have a great, uh, three or four different lights for upgrading your grow. If you have everything that you think you could have, you want to add some UV, you want to add a different far red or a red initiator, right. uh, check them out. RapidLED.com, coupon code DUDE will hook you up. That's some cool stuff to play with. If I had my garden dialed in, I would play with that far red initiator. I would like to add UV myself, would be my next my next hit. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Might be I've never done that. Um, DudeGrows.com forward slash pros. That's where everything's listed out down to scrog nets, nutrients. Check it out, guys. Hey, All would right. that help you with the whole, you know, lack of sunlight thing that comes up up there? If you went in your grow room and it actually had UV as well as a full spectrum, you should, I you mean, should investigate just, that. I think the color of the light in general, like now I do have uh, in the corner of my living room, main room, I guess they call it like a great room, your kitchen, living room, all is one area, right. a 315 hanging with a lime under it and a lavender tree. And you're right, the lime eventually always gets something indoors. I found scale on it. It's got a little scale now. Yeah, that thing, I, I brought one up. I brought a, I think it was a lemon or a lime tree up from Florida and God damn, it did not work. It was just, yeah, spider mite heaven. I would, yeah, I would have to put it out to die if that was the case. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, what do you got going on here to grow? Dude, <laughs> well, we're harvesting, so now there's just uh, you know, allegedly, there's a little couple couple bags of weed around, and there's the volcano around, and there's Scotty that likes to roll his joints around. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I got a budget, we're budgeting the weed, everybody, they're all here, man. So I was thinking, what do you maybe mason jar it up, and then I don't know, it'd be kind of cool, you label it up and stuff, and start pulling mason jars out. Kind of like uh, like wine, you know? Get a pill Didn't divider. you used to budget it with the vitamin container? Isn't that how you'd budget a gram per day? Yeah, yeah the did. pill divider. I, the little one, too, man. Weed used to be expensive, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you I didn't want to get addicted, out? dude. I didn't want to get addicted. Is that what you're saying by uh, not rationing it, if you will? I guess so. We did fairly well last year to where we went up to, I don't know, a couple months beforehand is when we ran out of the weed that anybody actually wanted to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 
we're playing around with it. I don't know. I just think we should have, if you have a bunch of jars, yeah, you budget it out. You can enjoy. You'd be like, all right, you know, last one of these Mac. What do you think is in a jar? An ounce, two ounces? Uh, depending uh, on which jar we use. Like a regular size mason jar, like a quart mason jar. Yeah, definitely. They're probably an ounce. Enough about me. Uh, let's talk about dude. Dude, I got to know. I got to know. What's going on in your harvest, man? What's going on in your grow, I should say? Yeah, no harvest here yet. I got a little picture here. My three plants. These are the three seedlings, the healers, that don't look nearly as good as I'd like them to. They don't look horrible. Um, when I popped these seeds before, um, I struggled a little bit. There was more to it, I think, than just the water source I was using. And I was wondering, I was talking to Gru, like, is it possible that just... Some strains are slower to get off, you know, through their like, you know, early infancy stage. Um, they're looking a lot better now. One thing I pointed a finger at, Scotty, was I was watering in at about 375, 400 ppm. Right. Which I don't think that's too, uh, using rainbow nutrients across the board. I don't think that's terrible at those things. Dad, those are fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. No. Take it easy. Take all it right, easy. All right. I'm not judging here, man. But Jesus Christ, man. The last watering, I took them up to 800 ppm. They look a lot better. This picture is a little dated here. I haven't struggled, though, with other strains. Like, I think it's somewhat strain dependent, not me. All right. I'm pointing a finger. Yeah, it's at not, the I'm not saying it's you, but I'm like, Jesus, these are a pain in the ass to pop. Most of the time, you pop seeds, they go strong, and you're like, holy shit, is that plant strong? These things are, uh, yeah. I'm gonna transplant them. I'm gonna grow all three, figure out which one. Hopefully I got a couple females there. We'll see and just harvest it out and be done with it. You can see in the background there, I have my CO2 monitor, the desktop autopilot. It's at 889 right there, looking pretty good. Right behind it, the pulse monitor kicking butt and then my hygrometer. I love saying just all these monitor right. meters, you know. Next to it, which just gives me humidity and temperature as well. I like things to, to, to check each other, you know, so I can sure. see, oh, this is reading this, this is reading this. We're all looking good. Why wouldn't you um, put that CO2 up to 1,200? It's typically, it's because I had the tent open while I was taking the picture. Okay. Yeah, it's set okay. to be between 1,000 and 1,200 typically. Good. That's the, I think that's the really, <clears throat> the best efficiency of CO2 right about there. <clears throat> You're at three, three times ambient. Yeah, I agree. If you can times, afford to run that much, what's that? Four, almost four times ambient. Um, but what I did with these is I was thinking, okay, why if I've two times in a row, I've, I've had a little bit of trouble getting them going. It just seems slow in early veg. And then they come out of it and start to do just fine. And I was trying to achieve, you know, the one-to-one. -one. So I was like, dude, I'm going to order some seeds. I'm going to order some new seeds. Sure. And I remember strain I grew um, harlequin. And sure enough, I found Harlequin here from BC Bud Depot because I wanted to order something like if it's on like in, in the province I'm in, I'm going to get something quick. I'm down. No, hopefully not, something not from overseas right. or whatever. So I've never ordered from BC Bud Depot, but I saw they had the Harlequin in and it says BX4 though. It says marijuana seeds, Harlequin BX4. Are you Doesn't really, mean after all that, man, Backcross? At least the BX I know stands for Backcross, man, all right? So, again, I, the four, I guess now I should, I should make fun of myself, too, because I don't know what the four means. I guess that means... Backcross four times? Probably that simple? I'm, I'm going to agree with you because Guru's not here. And if perfect. everybody gets, you start yelling at their, uh, at their phones. Hey, That's, at least you're doing I, something. It looks like Scotty <laughs> named the flavor, though, with the musky berry taste. Mm, musky. Yeah. Yeah, how could this description not let, let me give you the description quick. It says the Harlequin BX4 has a vast medical applications with patients being blown away by its therapeutic benefits. Now stabilized in seed form, I think that ties into that BX4. Yes. Um high CBD Harlequin smells reminiscent of musky sweet pineapples and coats the mouth with a rich taste of Nepalese. Wait, no, not Nepalese. Nepalese? How do you Nepalese, say that? Nepalese, yeah. Blonde hash and berries, consistently giving you the one-to-one -one THC to CBD ratio in a range of seven to twelve percent. So this necessarily isn't my, you know, first. I want usually stronger weed, but still growing out for my wife, some neighbors, and wanting to get people into cannabis. This has been a great way to do it. Out camping and shit with a fat J. No, oh, it gets me way too high. I'm like, right. trust me. Let's try a little. So trying to spread the word through some one-to-one -one strains. 
<clears throat> okay, so if you have Harlequin and then you feminize you, or whatever, you make the male pollen, right, but the silver or whatever it is stuff, and then you can have those breed together, right? So you have a Harlequin breed with Harlequin. So that's, is that back crossing it? No, that's selfing it, right? I give up. I give up, bro. Why do you got to ask these questions when you know, <laughs> when you know we don't have Guru on board, man? We're, we're, getting, we're getting rusty. We're going to have to get more practice. What happens if Guru just never comes back? Uh-oh. What if his, uh, yeah, if his smell or taste never comes back? And I'll be able to judge good weed again. Uh, um, we'll be all right. We'll be. I'll keep you guys in loop. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you who's slinging recharge. I'll fill in there for Guru. Way to grow. Yeah. Way to grow Colorado. Check them out. Waytogrow.net. Um, great staff. Cool peeps. And get yourself some charge. Charge. Yeah. I was actually bummed out. I went in there and there was no recharge on the shelves. I was like, where's it at? And they were like, we're sold out. Sold out. I was like, all right. Mm. All right. Isn't the production facility just right down the street from them almost? Yes. All right. 24 hours later, we're there. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. If you guys had a good time, dogrows.com forward slash support. Um, and yeah, let's do, I'm going to do some shout outs to some of these DGC producers. I got the first two here because I love both these names. I'm going to give it up to Frosty, Nug Huffer, and Newbies. Newbies. Yes. Yeah, yes. Might be the 70s right there. <laughs> Cloudbound and Sugar Coated 202. We're doing that. Budmaker 21 and Wakey Flavor Chaser 420. I got Fat Bastard 246. One of the best characters ever. <laughs> and Dank Knight Grower. Dark Knight Grower. Pardon me. Newt Tools and Tanazi Garden. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Here we got pups and clones and bear grown. Where you at, local? Good day, those pups and clones. PDX, buddy. Portland. All right. Pardon me. All right. All right, guys. Stay higher. Until next time, we'll be coming at you soon. Take her easy. Stay higher again. Take her easy. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man's is to take a little break. That means we lighten up a dude. It's just weed, it's just weed I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on It's just weed, it's just weed In my toolbox there's a bomb Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new it's just weed, it's just weed I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on It's just weed, it's just weed I like to smoke it all day long, yeah Big man, catch you riding high. Oh, we gonna lock you in a cage. No. If you wonder why he hates the dank, just look at how he's being paid. Now, don't lock up me for smoking weed. I ain't done nothing wrong.